Yeah, we're back for Freedom in Africa podcast. This is a special episode concerning the ongoing answers conversation across Nigeria. And in fact, among Nigerians across the world, uh, we are seeing protests in many cities. Right now, protests are halted in Nigeria because of the chaotic situation that came out of, you know, um, the lucky shootings that happened on the 20th of October 2020, which will remain a very sad day, Black Tuesday. Uh, people were killed. There is still uh, an embarrassing debate as to who gave the order. Uh, the leadership obviously cannot... Uh, we, we just can't put a name to the person who gave the order. The governor of Lagos State uh, made a statement, said... The situation at Lekki, the Lekki shooting that happened on Tuesday night, happened as a result of powers beyond his direct control. Of course, people already know, uh, people can already see the handwriting on the wall, but we need a conversation, we need an investigation which uh, the government at both levels have assured. Enough for that intro. We are having a conversation with Tam Alex on the podcast, uh, the Freedom in Africa podcast, to have this special episode. Uh, yes, indeed. Answers. Tam Alex, he is a senior fellow at the Nigerian Libertarian Project. Thank you for joining us. Uh, how have you perceived the entire situation in a nutshell before we get to the conversation? What's, your, what's the first thing that's on your mind when you look at the last two weeks of protests in Nigeria? Um, greatness, uh, possibility, sadness, pain, uh, depression, um, the future will be bright. We would overcome. Uh, it's, it's, it's a mix of many, many things. Last, last, um, it's just complex. What mm. I feel, what a lot of people feel, there was a lot of hope and it seems to be the case that the government snatched that away. But from what I see right now, uh, People are rekindling the hope in the various little small ways that they think they can, and and I'm hopeful that we would we would prevail. I'm really hopeful. So let's let's back up two weeks ago. Uh, we had David and yeah. on the podcast. He gave perspectives. We thought we had seen a horrible situation. David shared his encounter with police when he, when he joined the protest in Abuja. Uh, the police in Abuja used water cannons. They chased them with tear gas. All of that. As at that time, we were talking about the Ogbomosho killing of uh, Jimo Isiak, who was uh, a bystander during one of the protests. Shots were fired by police and he got shot. Up to now, we don't know the name of the officer who fired that shot. People want accountability. So, two weeks ago, we thought we, are, we had seen uh, the worst, but it, it became more and more complex. What started as... An expression of anger uh, by a few people in Lagos spread across the country. And a lot of people perceive this as, you know, movement of the people. Nigerians finally, you know, we have been holding back. A lot of Nigerians have been holding back on a lot of things. And personally, I think that played out in how this this whole thing became a big chaos. Uh, do you agree that obviously you, you, you would have seen the Nigerian story from way back? too much injustice enough reason to 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 revolt against the government yeah so like you know at some point enough is enough there's only so so much someone can take and and i think the time was right what we saw in the last couple of weeks it's not happened you know last time probably something like this happened was when many of us were babies you know like in in 1990 1994 i think and then there was i guess a repressive government too so so at some point enough had to be enough right and and we, we 
we all came out and to those who could come out online like like I did and those who could come out in person in Nigeria. Did you go to any protest? Um, the first protest that was announced in my city, mm. I was busy at work. I had to be at work the following day when I was free. There was no protest and then it went on and on because Lagos was a city that had daily protests. Some of us in other cities yeah. were, were, you know, we were going back and forth. Sometimes we'll do two days on, two days off. So I just couldn't connect, but okay. I really wanted to be part of the crowd. Uh, I just didn't have that chance until it became chaotic. Yeah. And you're like, you're a journalist too, right? So, so, you know, you know, so you probably have been needed in the studio. Um, yeah. So, so it, it was enough was enough. I beg. I thought this would have happened 2017. Um, when what happened? Um, I thought what happened right now would have happened in 2017, but but it happened in 2020. What so was the situation at uh, the time? Because you know, in 2017, I was thinking about you know, and this is just me personally. I was thinking about how what can we do? You know, in Nigeria, enough had to be enough because mm. because we there was just so much so much going on and. The Buhari administration had not been, I think they, they, they had not been able to lift the country out of a recession. And it was like, where can we go from here? You know, and I sat down to write this article, especially because I, I went back to read that article and it was a three-part article. It was very interesting. So this was, this was around 2017, February. I was just thinking about how Nigerians have been treated by their government for, for a very long time. The, the abusive relationship that we've had you know in 2012 we had that four subsidy issue the economy was going to trash in 2016 you know and I, I just felt okay maybe it's time for us to come out and protest and i wrote an article saying this is how we could do it. you know and in that article which i'm looking at right now i said you know one of my part was recruitment i said it and this is the most important part i said through your social media and online campaign you can get people to join the movement but this is not enough. You need to get the area boys in your community to be part of this. They have no time for the shenanigans of Facebook. So you need to reach out to them through personal means. All they care about at this moment is Shandy. Hence, you need to appeal, seek to elevate their current situation. Your job is to get them to be on your side. They need to see the upside advantage of being part of the movement. Hence, speak to them in the various languages they understand. A strategy could be reaching out to the leaders of the NURT, yeah. make them members of your movement. If that's impossible, you need to reach out to the boys directly. This might become very difficult, but it's necessary. Here's why. Nigerian politics is very Machiavellian. And the politicians or these boys through the NURT leaders, and I was talking about Lagos specifically here, um, can be easily activated by a paying politician to go on violent escapades against our grassroots movements. And that's exactly what happened. If you have a good understanding of Nigerian politics and you understand that there are 90 million people who live in abject poverty and you see every time somebody is paid 2,000 naira to vote a certain type of way, there is no way you would not see this coming. Yeah, this is 2017. Honestly, when NSAS protested in 2020, I, I did not even think about this because I thought everybody was on the same page and, you know, I'm miles away. So all I did was be an online protester, right? And I donated to multiple organizations. And I also, because I'm a part of a Nigerian organization called the Nigerian Libertarian Project. So, you know, I, I supported the organization in, in paying for supporting protesters across the country and also trying to support security for those protesters too. So that's what I was doing, right? But when I started seeing videos and pictures of dogs being driven in SUVs 
and all that kind of stuff. You, I was you like, would, yeah, you would think about your this article. Is, this is going south. Then I went back to that 2017 article I wrote. No. And I saw this and I was like, God. Let, let's just unpack, so unpack some of the things you said a little bit. Uh, I could I could figure you were speaking or you were talking about a way to organize a movement to ask for better yes. living, better conditions of living, you know, ask for your rights essentially, uh, which is like a way this could have gone perhaps better. That's on one side. I wanted to chip in too where you mentioned that thugs and, you know, people were being paid, you know, goes to the question of poverty. At a point, personally, I felt when I saw the division in the protest, we, we started together which is very important in a protest because there is a divide and, divide and conquer tactic that could come from the government. When the protest started, everyone on Twitter well, that I was seeing, everyone agreed that police brutality is obviously wrong, even though there is a section of the population. Young people were saying police brutality answers, blah, blah, blah. Some parents were saying, yes, that's a good one for you, Yahoo guys. Some of you are fraudulent guys who are blah, blah, blah. So a section of the populace, if everybody was on the same page against the government, maybe this could have been stronger. So we were losing some some part no, of the, no, of the no, movement. Man. Everybody cannot be on the same page. Let me just make this point. So unit, I'm just talking about unity of purpose. If some other members of the society were not so, so to speak, were not really into the movement, and it got to a point where young people who were loyal to this government... There are young people who are dedicated. It got to a point they started withdrawing from this movement. So the movement was thinning down with time. So that could be a reason why the movement got this. So I could I could make a conspiracy theory saying that some of those thugs that were employed or that were taken yeah. to, to, to go against yeah. could not have gone behind some young people who work for this government. There was a particular young man who made a video, took a letter to the police headquarters in Abuja saying that he was giving protesters 48 hours and the police saw him. They, they allowed him to threaten other people. So I just wanted to make that point about unity of, you know, when we do have this block of people united against against the government, then, then we can see some see, failures. See, yeah. For the longest time, because being 2017, NSAS has been here. There's been this talk that SARS must end and everybody was talking about how horrible. See, everybody gets stories for SARS. Nobody today. Nobody today. When me and my guys they drive for Lagos that year, nobody today. Mm-hmm. SARS must end. Yes, now and day. This was the time where we saw that online protest that had been going on for almost four years come to the streets. Yes, they might have been those, you know, if someone makes one video that they disagree with the movement and say this is bad and they reposted somebody might repost that multiple times and saying i see what people are saying it doesn't mean that there were many and SARS protesters were the majority for all intent and purposes they were speaking with one voice the issue eh, where this thing went to was when this government pulled up to peaceful protesters at lekki and opened fire on them they went to the place that this protest had been the most peaceful to do what they did after they did that, what did they think was going to happen? Of course, people we went on reprisals. Then there was this feeling of everything for all. Everybody started doing everything. Everything went crazy. And again, those people, where we did talk about those people, that 19 million people, where everybody, that statistic, we saw the statistic in full force in the last couple of days. Ah, uh-uh. 
the most dangerous person somebody has nothing to lose oh. <laughs> so you don't have anything to lose what else is left then the so-called government that everybody i'm saying was supposed to pretend let lagos born uh-uh see we might talk about strategy and there was no this, we all came out with one voice there was no dissent. Maybe someone somewhere was saying something. We were negligible. And, and for all intents and purposes, we can ignore. The major opposition to this thing was the government. And they showed us that even those people who were with us when we started, they gave them 2,000 naira. They could be against us. And that's exactly what happened. When you look at movements like that and you see that there are weaklings who could take 2,000 naira, because some of those guys I saw pictures of thugs in Abuja, you could tell their ages, 15-year-old boys with bottles and cutlasses, blah, blah, blah. When you see that, how do you approach a problem like that? We are saying that we have a youth population of this many millions and we want to move and then take this country and then move it forward and then you have those people who are quote-unquote poor uneducated and they are like the undoing of the movement how do you approach that problem see two things number one you don't have to be educated to be fine so the idea of someone being educated every time you know everyone likes to say educated what does that even actually mean the issue is that a lot of these people are in poverty and and have nothing to lose that is the major issue if, for example, somebody didn't go to school, but he can have a job as a mechanic and can use the money he makes from a mechanic to build a house and live, and live in his house and has a shop, probably may not be able to read or write, you know, but he has something to lose. And he knows that, this. That's some form of education, informal education. Yes, exactly. That's exactly my point. And yeah, a lot of apprenticeship, a lot of informal education and all that. So if that's what you mean, then you're right. We're united. The Enters Project was more united than I've ever seen in my life. Nigerians across the world came together for a purpose. That purpose way we did talk about not to end SARS. The team they say we end the SARS, then they do the same thing again. They start on they start on that one just a couple of days after. Then we started talking about reforms that we want, right? And putting those out there. See, we were, we were united. Nobody saying anything. We were actually united um, for this protest. Of course, there'll be those who disagree with you. But those people, those people were, were, were negligible. The thing is that when you now pay people to become violent and you give them resources to do effective violence, you know, just a handful of people can cause a lot of havoc. Destroying things is not hard to do. We were united more than ever. Yes, there are people who disagreed with, with some of the things the, we're saying, but but they were negligible, at the, least in my opinion. What my question was driving at is that those small, small guys who were picking stones, bottles, cutlasses, who were paid 1,500 naira to go and disturb protesters. How do you approach that? We'll get to the part of the conversation where we talk about this protest not being strategic enough. Well, well, but well, you, well, you, know, you know that these guys did those things and they repelled them many times. Yes, private security. Yes. But private security no get gone because there's stupid gun control laws in Nigeria that leaves everybody else at the mercy of criminals and the state. Now, when those guys show up, when we see what the private security won't do against Olokpa, where they shoot that guy for Adekunle, where they blow people's brains up, where will they see those videos? What do they want to do? <laughs> Don't run now. Even though some of those videos uh, are not exactly vetted. No, a, 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 lot, a lot of misinformation yeah, on yeah, WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. That so, one's so, 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 yeah. But let's... But, 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 see, but Moku no talk like, say, all of us here, 
no get intelligence. What did they do for Lekki happen? Let me just push this right. forward because Lekki is like the main the main crux of the conversation. Speaking from libertarian perspectives, you know, freedom, right, and all that. What started yeah. this whole wahala, this whole NSAS situation was that what I figure five years, ten years ago, a policeman would not stop you to ask for twenty k. A policeman would not stop you on Nigerian roads to ask you to send 150k. A policeman would not say, oh, yeah, go to your ATM, blah, blah, blah. This all came from this thing they call the Yahoo Boy Syndrome. So, SARS members already knew some guys who were getting a lot of money. EFCC may not be able to reach those guys, but SARS would find them on the road. Instead of exposing them to EFCC or to, to the larger police arm that would take care of cyber crime they asked them to send 100k to them send me 20k it became a thing when sars needed money they know where to go to raid guys and collect money from them so that moved from collecting money from yahoo boys to collecting money from regular legitimate nigerians on the streets because we have normalized this i need to be corrected or, or I, I would like to learn if five ten years ago in 2010 or 2011 or, or 2013 2015 if anybody was paying policeman 50k or 100k on the road so See, i don't know it was, it was 50k so 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 I, I wanted to say that how do we approach the right of even a criminal if you say this person is a criminal is a cyber criminal at least push that forward to a police unit that would handle it and not just extorting them on the road so right of someone to fair hearing to fair trial if you say i'm a criminal on the road don't take my 50k take me to court you know, you, you get you get what I'm saying. How do you talk about the law? How crooked the law is to be so bad that policemen can take laws into their own hands and become criminals on the road? So you have, what's the process, right? When you catch somebody, so sort of doing something. Um, I, I would assume, and I'm not a lawyer, so I, I would I would assume that you you book them and you know they get bail and they get a court date, right? Some of them are in detention. We know say. Our judiciary is just as almost as bad as the police. Guys can be easily bribed. It's clogged up. If you don't have money, your case never gets called. So you have guys in detention for for years that have never actually been to court. I mean, there was there was, there was this talk of, of of when they saw some people in, in Kitty Kitty who 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 um who they paid bail of fifty k for. Yeah, you know, and they've been waiting for, for, for bail. So that that many people, you know, where if they catch you, you go get your boy, your mom see your pop see all those kinds of things. I will come and collect, pay your bill and all that, right? But that's not majority of Nigerians. So a lot of people just get locked up and stay there forever. Yeah, first of all, our judiciary is not independent. They don't have any fiscal autonomy. Um the executive basically approves whatever funded by the executive. So you don't have an explicitly corrupt police um, structure. If we're looking at the libertarian perspective, if someone is suspected of doing something, yeah, you cannot arrest somebody because you suspect them of doing something. That is insanity. This is not, you actually cannot. That is not how it works. You know, it's like saying you want to arrest somebody for thought crime. So because we, statistics show that um, majority of people who commit crimes, um, men between the ages of 17 and 35, should arrest and lock all of them up. What kind of thing is that? You suspect someone of committing a crime. 
if you actually suspect someone of committing a crime, then it is incumbent on you to prove that the person actually committed the crime. You can lock somebody up because you suspect him for committing a crime. No crime has been committed. Do you see what I'm saying? You just suspect him for committing a crime. Now, if you do, for whatever reason, find him or say he committed this crime, okay, you get this person, first of all, take them to court, right? And you you don't lock them up. They're supposed to show up for you. You tell them to show for their court dates because so far so good. They've just been suspected. You tell them to show up for their court date. And if they don't show up, it's their problem because now their case will be heard in their absence and they can defend themselves. And if they're found guilty, then, you know, you're required to use force to go find the person, arrest the person mm. and lock the person up or punish the person accordingly. Not because somebody, are we punishing people for thought crime here? We suspect people for committing a crime. Then we have to. Is it If you think someone committed a crime, it's a comment on you to. The, the burden to is on you to prove that they committed the crime. There is a reason why, in many cases, to prove somebody uh, is guilty of a crime, it has to be beyond every doubt. You know, the judicial system, I think, in the U.S. is that there's a jury of your peers where everybody has to say you committed a crime. Mm-hmm before you're convicted if there is one dissent then no you know because punishing somebody is a big deal what if the person is innocent yeah you know yeah. so we we come to we come to the point of saying we prefer it is better to let the guilty go free than to punish the innocent yeah true i always hear so that yeah i mean what, what what are we talking about here you know you send somebody for certain types of crimes they commit that could be 20 years of their life gone mm. What if they didn't do it? That's... We're seeing many, many cases now where a lot of people didn't do many things and they've been in prison for many years. Mm. I wanted to talk about rights to protest before, but then again, we both agree this is a jungle where anything goes. So, um, which will lead us to the strategy to this, you know, it was it was just spontaneous. It was just random. People just, two guys just came up. I think it was Naramali who wanted to start he had announced we were going to protest because there was a situation of police brutality in Delta states that everybody was angry about. Naramali announced that there was going to be this big protest. People should turn up. And then the police approached him almost immediately, approached him that he was going to have this conversation with the IG to let, with the police commissioner in Lagos, I think, to let people know what the police was doing regarding situations like this. Naramali agreed to that conversation he called off his protest. Almost immediately, Rontown, who is an artist, as well as Fowles, one of them, uh, I think it was Rontown who announced first, Fowles supported, and that was how this started. So they went to the streets. Day one, day two, people supported, and it started to grow bigger because more stories came out of South Police Brutality and all that. I want to talk about strategy. You talked about the article you mentioned, you wrote in 2017, where you know you outlined how uh, how a movement could be, could be done. And, and take take note, I was not I was not a libertarian then. I wrote this article article based off of the fact that you know you know I, the situation in the country. I was tired. I we, we, something needed to be done. Yeah, and I knew that. I tried to come up with with a structure by which yeah. how this can be done, and I put specifically. In fact, it was one of the most important points I made. Mm. I said this is the most important part. Mm. These dogs, or you know. We like to call them that, but that's not actually true. They're human beings mm. and they have aspirations and desires and shared values. You know, it, it's crazy when people say insult people for selling their vote for 5K mm. when you have a nice job and you drive a nice car and you are not food insecure. And th- then I ask you the question, are you going to sell your vote for 1 billion naira? Mm. Then they keep quiet. 
No. So if the answer is yes, then you then stop. Then it's it's not about it's not the principle. It's not the principle here. Is not the issue. The issue here is just the degree. Because if the principle was I would never sell my boat for any amount, then one billionaire would be nothing to you, right? You would not sell your boat for one billionaire. But if, so stop um, talking about these guys who basically are food insecure, mm. and this five k they are going to give them is going to get them food. Because we like to talk about them as they and us. You know, I get that, but. And maybe it's important to make a point when you're having a conversation. But they're human beings. And in that article I wrote, I specifically talked about this group of people mm. who live below the poverty line. These young, mostly male, who they can easily, easily be co-opted by any politician to mm. do anything. Mm. You know, and this was something that I've been thinking about for a long time. And when I saw this happen in the last couple of weeks, I was... I ran back to my archive to find an article and I was like, wow. And I looked at the article, almost nobody ever read it. Now, before you go on, I was I was looking at a way this could have gone better. When the protest yeah. became day five, government said they heard because it grew bigger. The crowds grew bigger across the cities. Government said they heard and they were going to do this, blah, blah, blah. People, of course, don't trust, didn't trust the government. And it went on and on. I, I Maybe I should state my, my argument. I felt right. when it got to the point where we were seeing some government reaction. Mm-hmm. Someone who collected letters from protesters at Ikeja in front of his office. The following day, took it to the president in Abuja. president received it. They acknowledged that they have received the demands of, you know, youth 5 for 5 and all that. I felt, you know... If we were more coordinated, we could have stepped back a little and dialogue. I'm not sure it has happened where people will send a letter from Ikeja and the president will receive and acknowledge that indeed we should do this. It got to a Sunday, the IGP announced that SARS had been disbanded. I felt if there was a strategy, we could have had an exit strategy in mind that when we got to this level, we would stop before this chaos happened. I know you don't agree. Let's 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 see your perspective. <laughs> First of all, this protest was spectacularly amazing in the sense that it showed Nigerians, even though many Nigerians did not notice what can happen and what we can provide without government. They provided medical aid, they provided legal aid, they provided food, they provided security, all without government, and in many cases to defend themselves from government and government-sponsored thugs. So we don't need government to be successful in Nigeria. Government is actually the hindering block to our success in nigeria and if the government can get out of the way of many nigerians we will be successful that's one i want i want i want want to make that clear now this happened largely because all the resources that were used in this protest were privately owned number one and number two people were in the states where they felt that if i voluntarily exchange something i would get something in return now there was something in return was either monetary for for those um for the vendors who were selling food and all um and psychic for the donors so it's not necessarily a money you know you don't get money in return in in economics we like to talk about the importance of the psychic value people get to many things in fact that's the only thing that's actually the most important because people don't do things because they 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 you know they want to eat money you can't eat money they do things because they get the exchange what they have for what they want because they find psychic value certain things and that's what made this protest effectively build a structure 
by which they could call, I mean, they had a call center. This is just mind boggling, right? The, it, it, it's so spectacular how that happened without government. Please, let's not, it, it was no, there was the reason why the security for the protest was not effective uh, as it should have been was because in Nigeria, there are gun control laws that prevent decent, good, loving people, which is most of the country, from having the right tools to defend themselves against the state and against criminals. So hence, while the security could have helped out, you know, against the thugs who had sticks and stones, they couldn't have helped out against the thugs who had guns or against the state. That's number two. So, so we, we, can, we can look at, okay, we have this, this, this. Then finally, the reason why we can, what happened at, is what happened at Lekki Togate was what made everything go south. They went to the most peaceful place that this project had been going on for days and shot at people who raised up your Nigerian flag and were singing the national anthem. That's where they went to. So then what is the state? What is the responsibility of the state? There had been skirmishes around this around Lagos, you know, here and there, pockets here and there. But they didn't go there. They went to the place where this was the most peaceful. And after that, everything went to shit from there. Because the next day, people woke up. There were reprisals across across the country, you know, and, and the free-for-all mentality just took over. And that 90 million Nigerians who live in poverty, a lot of them who live in poverty, read his head. And we saw that statistic that we always hear about. We saw it happen. We can now look at that and learn. You can, you can talk about the strategy of what they did or, or how the protests could have been better. But the reason why this thing went to was when they went to the Nigerian government and to kill its own citizens. Okay, the Dushatlash protest was perfect and amazing in many ways because everybody in different states came up with how they could protest. I mean, you were telling me that in, in, in Nakure, people were not protesting every day, unlike Lagos. People were coming out two days off, one day on, two days off. That was the specific circumstances of Akure, different from Lagos. That was one. Now we've seen that this government is mad. I mean, we knew they were mad. Now we just know that they are mad that are mad. And they're just vile. Now we've gone back to the drawing board and we've learned. There's something, in, when you talk about strategy, there's something that Robert Green would say, if you set a goal, you achieve it, then you stop and you plan. They achieved a goal. The goal was to end SARS initially when they started, right? And SARS ended. But the fact was that this was the fourth time that was happening. So they decided to move the goalpost because it seems like it's easy. Then no, the was, but then in a couple of days after they, they set up another unit called SWAT. That was just like spitting in our faces. That and you were gonna put the same people who were in SAS in SWAT. You know, they're like, oh okay, then we can move the goalpost. Then they moved the goalpost and asked for more. By the way, by the way, I always say this. I look at the IGP without due respect to him and his office. Not just the IGP, I look at the entire, uh, the bunch of the people who, who lead this country. They don't, they don't see where the world is going. They don't have that sense of urgency. They don't have that special ability to tackle this very grave situation that we have in our hands. So again, again, that, again, that move was, they, a, they, was they a very it, wrong move for you make to make a mistake thinking that this government can have any value, you know? And this is the danger. This is what I feel might be the danger in the next 2023 election. A lot of, because I, I believe, and hopefully many, many young, capable people will get elected. 
but many of them will get elected with the idea that governments can be a force for good or net balance. And that is not true. If many of them get into government and says, we are going to reduce this government and we're going to do, we're going to do only three things, only three. We're going to protect the country from outside invaders and terrorists. We're going to, and we're going to make the judiciary autonomous. Let them have fiscal autonomy. Security, we're going to have a security unit, yes, at the federal level, but all states can start their own security units, even up onto the local government council. Everything else, they should leave alone. You remember when I said everything else? I literally mean everything else. If they do that, Nigeria will change in a decade, in less than a decade. I can guarantee you that. We saw in minutes, sorry, we saw in weeks how Nigerians came together because of initiative and private property to create value for that SARS protest. Tom, do a recap. Okay, number one, they say we're going to protect the country against invaders and terrorists, Boko Haram and other condoned invaders. They should do that one. That might take some energy, though. That might take some some real work. No, it's not. No, no, you see, no, it's not. It's not, it's not. You see, look at Nigerian budget today. They're spending money to buy chairs that they bought last year, to buy computer that they bought last year. See, let's not even be... be, be, be no, it, it will not. Number one. Number two, an autonomous judiciary. Let them have fiscal autonomy. Let the judiciary be autonomous from the executive. And number three, while we are going to... They can say, while, I don't, I don't support this, but I'm saying, you know, at some point, you have to talk about, you know, the political will of many things and what many people are used to. So why are we going to have an, a federal police unit as a government, every state is allowed to start their own. For example, like Amoteco in Southwest, they're able to start their own security outfit, even up until the local government level. And private securities can also exist. Private security firms can also exist and come up. And we're going to remove all that, all that, and use the tools you need to protect yourself and to defend your people. Community protective associations can, can, can be set up and set up their own security so all these small small estates can have their own security units just do that that's all and i mean leave everything else you know so you might start to ask me how about healthcare? everything else leave it alone you would see nigerians rise up because they will figure it out they figure this out you call this many people have called this movement uncoordinated but they saw how resources will be moved from places where they are to places where they were needed across thousands of miles people were dropping money from the u.s from canada from england and technology we're made moving that work. to look we're moving to locations in benin in lagos in leki nakure we're, so we're moving by itself you know you know Tam, blown I, away. I really have a fantasy about this country where things would actually work because i see it like i see the passion with which you are you're talking i see it that because some of these things, look at the call we are having. We planned that we were going to have this podcast and put some resources in place and then it's working and we could do a lot more. So imagine if... Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, ten, I mean, I mean, I mean just... <laughs> 10 of us or 15 of us. <laughs> and then we have these guys in tech who have the skill. People are building apps. People are building all kinds of new innovations. And then when I look at the government, that's why it goes back see, to what, I, what I was saying. These guys... 
cannot manage this population of intelligent people. They don't even That's deserve to I'm be there. Now. They are not supposed to manage any population of any intelligent person because nobody can. See, when, 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 especially when there is no, you know, if we go into economics now, we say especially when there's no market for certain things, it's impossible to effectively allocate resources because you need a price system, right? But let's not delve into that. When we look at, we have the idea that technology will change Nigeria. And that is what I fear of the young people who will be getting into office. They would think that from a central top bottom transformation, that you can make Nigeria an Amazon or Walmart. That is not correct. The Soviet Union was the first country to put a man in space. Make no mistake, hundreds of thousands were dying of famine and poverty. They were technologically advanced. For heaven's sakes, North Korea has nuclear weapons. Nigeria doesn't. Technology is not the answer. The answer I, I, I think you got me wrong. Is you, freedom... You, you... The answer is the freedom of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a different topic. I think you got me wrong. Resources, you got me wrong when I exchange resources. I think you got me wrong when I said technology. I don't mean technology. I'm saying that these guys have a ten billion, ten trillion naira budget on a yearly basis, on the average, and a lot of that money goes yeah. into private pockets because they are not efficient, because they cannot block the loopholes, because they cannot manage this money properly, because they cannot put the money into where it's most needed. There's corruption and there is and I'm telling you, and, and, and I'm telling you that they cannot, and nobody can. The idea, the, the, the idea of bringing in people—that's that's, that's, that's nonsensical. They have this budget to do too many things. They're doing everything. They're doing water. They're doing food. They're doing healthcare. They're doing roads. They're doing security. They're doing that's that's too much for any organization to think that they can run. And still, an organization as the Nigerian government, because we know that in big institutions, there are constraints that prevent them from doing certain things, number one. But now you have a government like Nigeria that we know. Why would you, you know, I mean, look at the car COVID palliatives now, a big, are we mad here? Isn't the private sector that donated those things to the government? Or am I wrong? Is that not what happened? Look look at that now. They donated it to the government. Carcovid is the, oh, is the private, yeah, private sector coalition. I know it's from the private sector. Against COVID-19. Against COVID-19. Yeah. So, Coalition against, yes, Dangote or Tedola, some of the biggest businesses in Nigeria, some banks put money together. I'm sure the money was going to um, 100 billion. Yeah. At some point, some of them were dropping 1 billion, 2 billion. So this was money put together to help the government procure equipment to test, you know, the uh, reactive agents needed for, for COVID tests and all that. And then a lot of it would go into food and palliatives for people and then it got messed up and we see some of those foods still stored in warehouses when covid is largely receding in nigeria gary gary had kicked see forget it i can never see don't nobody should donate anything to any government agency in nigeria let me tell you that one for free see if you want to donate stuff to do good things find reasonable and great private institutions that will use your money and tell you how to use your money. If we want, like I said, let me recap, if we want our Nigeria to work for us in less than 10 years, the government should only do those three things. Stop stop, stop trying to, 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 every time you try to control something from top to bottom, top to bottom, people who control things from top to bottom own those things that they are controlling. When you own it, you have an incentive 
to make sure that it is used well and you get the full benefit from that thing you are expending. Politicians and government officials do not fall into this category. They don't own the money and the resources they spend. Instead, the incentive is for them to use it for themselves, to enrich themselves and grow bigger in their offices, to do build railway a snap picture and tell us to elect them like we're mad, to build borehole in a village, to give people water two months to election and tell us to vote for them because that's what we can see. People are doing things across this country. Nobody's seen anything. Nobody's carrying any camera to show anybody. But people are feeling the moves. Talk about um, um, gun control, private ownership of guns. You know, private security. Blah blah blah. Thank you very much. I think it's yes. it's it's very complex for the Nigerian society. Even America doesn't really have a hold of it. I would like to learn about that. But before we get to that, there is the constitution. You you have talked about three things that government can face uh, and then take care of those three things and let private initiative manage everything else. Yes. Uh, people have made arguments that the constitution has to be ripped apart, rewritten all over again so that it can work for, for today's reality in Nigeria. I want you to speak on that and speak on the fact that young people going into 2023 how how do they come about a situation where elections are hijacked or particularly elections are, are, are dictated by money bags, you know, two political parties that have been in existence for a long time? You know, how do young people come about this? What's the best approach? There's so many laws, right, that were made by evil dictatorships, military governments that are still around today. Number one is the 1978 Land Use Act. That law is evil in every sense and ramification. And it still exists. It prevents you from owning the land that was in your ancestors' family. It takes everything and gives it to the government. It gives the government so much power over all land. If they decide the land is supposed to be important, they can kick you off that land. And today, it is law. Now, take the whole document and throw it away. I'm not saying create a new one, because when we create a new one, it becomes a political issue. And those Nigerians who are disenfranchised would never get a say. It will become the people who that new constitution will benefit are those who are the so-called cool, educated Twitter users. And the 19 million Nigerians who are poor would never benefit from that constitution if they create a new one. Government should set up very, very simple rules. There's something that, that, that Hayek used to say that laws should be. So Hayek would say laws must be general, equal, and certain. All these trying to do specific things about how something should connect to something. Forget about make general laws. What are these general laws? Many of them are customary. Don't kill somebody. Don't do, you know? Let, let, let's bring laws from the okay. Now let's look at this from a very specific libertarian view, which I would advocate, and I hope many Nigerians too would advocate in the future as we go further. Look at laws. Any law, laws should protect people's life, liberty, and property. That's what laws should do. Any law that goes against those things should not be a law. Hence, I my life is secured, my liberty is secured, and I have the right to own property, property I acquire in a justified way. That is it. That is all. So hence, if somebody wants to take your life, that is against the law. If somebody wants to steal your stuff, that is against the law, right? Those are Once you make those simple laws that apply to everybody and you set up a judiciary that's physically autonomous to interpret those laws that way, and the judiciary can interpret those laws in the specific context 
within the situation where they are, where they are located at. They say the judge is not supposed to make laws. The judge is supposed to find the law. Just create, leave, leave that alone. And then focus on defending the nation from marauders. Because when there's when, when stability, people succeed. When there's political stability, any law that goes against... So, for example, people should not be forced to do anything for anybody if they don't want to. Simple. Laws should protect people's lives, should protect people's liberties, and should protect people's properties. That's it. Set up those laws. That's all we need. Everything, everything else, people can come up in their small groups, their small areas, their small sections, and create specific laws that work for them. So, for example, if you live in this estate, you must abide by these rules and regulations we've created in this estate for us to live or don't live here. Simple. Then you go somewhere else to live. You know, people can create those around the country for themselves, and you can, and, and we would see easy those laws that are fair and make sense because people use their feet to vote. Anybody who has an estate, people will not be renting his house there because he has useless rules. Renting house somewhere else. You see, we've seen these things happen. One thing I would take from the enters protest is the fact that you do not need government. We have seen this is stuck. Every t- you see, I've spent most of my adult life showing people in the last in the last, since 2018, actually, I mean, for the longest time before then, but since 2018, when I became a libertarian, showing people that the problem is government and going to, into details, giving examples, writing multiple articles, doing research, founding organizations in Nigeria to push this message, then answers happened and showed the entire Nigerian country that this could actually be possible. Without government, government is the stumbling block. I saw when somebody was on Twitter was saying, was asking, how can we create an institution? How can we create the, the, the infrastructure that FEMCO successfully built? And one of the, the, uh, the members of FEMCO said, we need the state. And I said, you don't need the state. We don't need the state to maintain anything. The state would destroy it for us. And this is what they have done. Historically, they would destroy it. We don't need the state at all. The reason why it was successful, because the state was not involved. That's it. We were on this show talking about electricity and why the electricity, electricity industry is in shambles. It's largely because of the government's intervention in the industry. Don't need the state. It looks like a big conversation that we should have extensively. Uh, ongoing, yes. Break, I agree. break it down further because it, it sounds very interesting. But at the same time, for me, I know the environment we're in. Educated yes. Nigerians are not politically educated enough to understand in clear terms these things. So, okay. I, in my opinion, this is something that could fly maybe in five years' time, in ten years' time. But for now, to push this idea that you could have a government, quote-unquote, within a government, or you could have private citizens properly, even though it's already happening, it's already working. You can see some privately built businesses, uh, estates running properly, their own facilities, water, electricity. But when you push it as as a as an agenda or as something that the entire country has to work with, it becomes like you know people start to raise eyebrows. So yes, I just wanted to pass that comment. I don't so, know if you so want maybe to- the, yeah yeah. I mean this this is fact. Uh, you asked me you asked me um, um what I think or where I think. Think, think we should get to right and i've stated that now you, now we know where we want to be where we where we should be and we know where we are so we're not talking about how can we get there so this is strategy right and we, we, part of the strategy that we have built you know as part of this podcast um part of nigerian libertarian project um our our our, our colleagues at the child institute um the students for liberty um, program these are things that are these are things that we've been pushing 
advocating, um, creating think, think tanks across the country to support these ideas, to make people understand that this can work, right? So these things don't happen overnight. There's an education that needs to happen. And this is what we're trying to do. Right, and we're, we're uh, and our, people get busy in many things about their lives. You know, uh, in, if, if we don't say this, people might not understand that how you know it still boggles people's minds. I was uh, watching uh, Rice TV and channels, and you know, someone was like, "Oh, the Enterprise Project has had somebody behind it. There was some individual that we don't know. How can they just be coordinated?" You know, someone says nonsense like that, in, and you just hear and you just laugh. So it's our job to explain how spontaneous order arises from complex situations you know one one, one example that, that i can give here is okay look at this you know how do planes fly in the air without crashing at each other yes so somebody coordinates them right there's a central authority that coordinates planes and avoids them from flying okay the rules are very specific when the pilots from what i understand when the pilot is on course they don't change their course without permission mm. they keep going all right, let's look at, are they, uh, then imagine in, in the city of Lagos, how many planes come into Muridala Mohammed and fly out. Now imagine the level of cars in Lagos. How, how do people take, when you're driving, do you take rules from a central authority to turn left? If you're going to Ubumosho and you change your mind to go to Abeokuta, no, would you take that. permission? No, you don't. You just have basic rules. Stop when the sign shows red, mm. drive on the right side of the road, very simple rules, right? It's a more complex system. There are more cars than planes. Mm. That's not a joke. There's a, a more complex system. There are more cars. We have very basic, simple rules. Uh, turn left, drive on the right yeah. side of the road, um, stop at the red sign, go at green, get ready to stop at yellow. Very basic rules. People follow them. Some cases you have traffic wardens, some cases you don't. And let's look at people walking in a busy market on Lagos mainland. Do you have street lights that stop people from walking? If you look at it from above, it looks like chaos. But when you go down, people just walk without bashing at each other. Yeah. They walk and get to where they need to get to. Yeah. The more complex a system is, especially if it involves human beings more and more, the less centralized controls you need for it to work. If not, it will break down. Because people are not machines. People make change their minds all the time. Hence, they need to have very, very basic, simple, general rules that they can make up and modify as they go with respect to the specific situation. And that is the beauty of spontaneous order or the spontaneous order of the market. And that is what we saw at the ENSAS protest. And that is what Nigeria needs to be successful. Anything else is just people telling you stories. How I'm going to be the great, how I'm going to be Lee Kuan Yew and nonsense talk. Please ignore people like that who come to say things. Anybody who tells you any that, don't vote for them. People are not telling you how to reduce the Nigerian government, to reduce the laws, to make the government focus on what government should be. Don't vote any of them. Please. So, so in the interim, when we see that the two leading parties don't even think in this line they they want to build roads they're saying the same thing and the youth exactly. are saying the youth are saying we definitely need a different approach and right now uh, i belong to that community of young people who need change most definitely and they are saying yeah. we need a strategy whatever it is yeah. we need something different i mean I, we need we need we need a different we need a different ideology yeah 
and yeah. we need a strategy so on how the, to get the, to where we need to get. Three years now. One of the ideas that I've seen flying around on Twitter, which sounds interesting, is someone says, uh, in the communities where you people are, randomly help with medical aid, food aid to people who need them, Perfect. and attach that to to a political party or to a political movement. When people exactly. start to recognize um, from communities across the country that there is this set of people who help mm. us, who educate us, who do this, blah, 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 then we can start to build a national front. What are your ideas oh, yes. towards 2023? That is perfect. That is one great idea, you know, looking at, at, at the people who, who who you can help provide resources for. And, 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 and you need people who would do this full-time. You need people who would work on the ground. You need support. Um, this would happen when people think that there's a value they can get from it. And this is what I I, I was writing on, on Twitter too. When people think they can get a value for something, they will put their money down for it. People imagine just setting up a, a health clinic, mm. you know, and, and finding ways to fund that health clinic. Don't make it free because healthcare is not free. Don't don't do the nonsense the government has done. Let people pay something. There is this clinic called the Awujobi Clinic. I can't remember where is the Awujobi Clinic now. It was formed by this inventor, engineer, and doctor. He's, he's, he's passed now, and I think his wife still runs it. Almost everybody goes, let me find the location. It's, it's an amazing place where this man created a place whereby he, he, he set up his own. It's in Erua. You know where Erua is? It's, uh, yes. Erua is, he set up, is in New York State. Yes, he set up, he set up a place whereby... Um, you know, it's a farm, it's a hospital. He uses, um, I think he uses, he generates his own electricity. Everything is low tech. He charges people um, small amounts of money for complex surgeries. People come around many, many times. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, suction pumps done. It's amazing. It's mind blowing. Like I, I, I heard this past recently, I think it was just, couple of years ago and but his wife still runs this from what i understand that is an example you know of people taking initiative onto your own on your property and he's done a great job if i had known about this guy i'm still and thank you for reminding me i'm still going to find i'm going to find this clinic ask where they are and try to push them and try and, and try to and, and, and try to support them in the, in the little way I can. You know, you know, the cost of delivering a baby there is like thirty dollars. And and this article was written. Um, this article was written. Let me see. Was in two thousand fourteen, when the dollar was about like one fifteen naira or one one or one thirty naira. So it's really cheap. You know, so so he 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 this man world class renowned, but you never hear about him anywhere except you go and find him. You know, it's like it's like this undergy quiet. That's why I'm telling you, Nigerians are doing great things in this country, in our country, great things, but you don't hear about it. If one idiot politician will go and build one hospital that will be empty and useless and dilapidated next two years, if he builds it and makes it fine, everybody will take picture and praise him. And president elect him the next year, then comes to the last 55 years ago. He said, Fucking those been. So, so let's not, let's not, let's not like just doing things. And this, these are the messages. And I'm going to ensure that part of what the Nigerian Libertarian Project does is to identify a lot of these people, push their story out there, talk about them, link them to a political movement as much as I can. Um, and, 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 you know, 
our networks and this is exactly what we're going to do we're going to we're going to have them on our podcast they're going to talk about the great things they're doing because this is what we need you know these people are helping like go go that time if you enter if you enter if you enter this area place you ask for 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 the, for, for the, everybody knows him it's like you just drive in and you ask for that his clinic they know where it is everybody in the community they will direct you you don't need any gps these are the examples we need and this is a strategy now nigerians in the diaspora are ready since they are ready to give you phones and all they want is transparency and that that money will be used Awojobi doesn't doesn't his clinic is not free but his clinic is really really cheap and he does really really complex surgeries efficiency on point you understand and everybody's everybody goes there from around the country but you 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 won't you 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 won't hear and you won't hear anything and instead instead many people have tried to stop him from actually being successful so some you know what 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 do you call them um all these all these all these um associations and that's the problem with many of these nigerian associations these medical association many of them are supported by the government many of them have a lot of infused government power into them and they tried to stop him they said he wasn't doing things the right way wasn't the right things i think the people is treating the people is treating know that he works in nigeria when you have problems with your bone we know that if you go to Igobi, you most likely die so you will go to the jaw woman to help you set it don't we know we know these things it's our responsibility now at least those of us who claim that we have some kind of education to go to these places set them up well provide the services for cheap run lean movements let people be able to link us and what these great things we're doing with, with our political movement so that when we run for office they will know us and vote for us uh... we'll be out there and we will basically do our own campaigning with our work not money I said I was going to touch on the uh, question of gun laws, private security. If Nigeria yeah, yeah. cannot manage its police force properly, if we have this uh, um, uh, um, recklessness with our security operatives, how will citizens manage guns? There was a video uh, of a politician who was mobbed in Agege somewhere around Lagos during this protest. It was probably a military man or just a politician. He brought out a gun and scared people away. So I am scared that people will abuse private guns uh if they had it they would intimidate their friends Wait, or, or he, he intimidate someone speak on the possibility of private security personal security possible gun no. laws in nigeria no. when america well, uh, you know america is not having it good from what we see here i don't, I don't know what that means but um in in the u.s a lot of things are reported so there's a lot of details and what do you what do you what do you say about the school shootings random school shootings in america that's a common thing maybe not so common okay that um i i usually don't like commenting about the u.s in general especially on things like this but i would say in the u.s a lot of things are reported right so there are numbers if you want to find number of people who have died by gun violence you can find if you want to find number of crimes that have happened you can find if you want to find numbers of people who've defended themselves against gun violence you can find that is facts those things are largely absent in nigeria in fact almost non-existent people feel crimes happen across their neighborhoods and we see it happen um but no one is reporting anything we don't know anything people get killed people get stabbed people get shot um 
robbers rob banks in broad daylight with guns. And this happens a lot, but you can't you can't find this data. So comparing both countries, why it might be useful in some cases, might be very might not be necessarily um um productive. So it might be comparing apples and oranges. But let's look at the the fundamental concept of, of when you have a tool that you can use to defend yourself and save your life. In the last couple of days, I've been calling my family frequently, checking up on them, because I'm seeing things and I'm hearing things. Things that people are going from houses to houses, burning things and killing people. Now, if my family had a rifle at home, I would feel more comfortable. There was a complete breakdown of law and order in many places in Nigeria and the states who were supposed to have the monopoly on violence, whose you know institutions like the security forces supposed to have monopoly on violence, were only protecting politicians. We were left, many Nigerians were left to be at the mercy of evil marauders. And that is exactly what God control would prevent. Yes, there will be issues of abuse like anything else going to many of the crimes now that are committed and the rob and many of the robberies right now that are committed are committed with guns many of the and and when they when we actually rob people um the other part the other one that we're afraid of is domestic violence that could resort to become deadly if you have guns we see it happen but people use knives people use knives to hurt themselves these are also not good good com- comparisons but when you look at this from a pers- perspective of your individual right to defend yourself. You want to have a gun is an equalizer. If somebody is bigger than you and has a cutlass, you almost can't stop them if they're coming at you. But if you had a gun, it's easy. So you, you need the tools, effective tools to defend yourself against criminals. And laws never stop criminals from getting guns. The only thing is that and this is what we talk about. And this might be a benefit. This might be a cost we might have to deal with because the benefit outweighs the cost, in my opinion. You know, the fact that normal people, when they get angry and aggravated, you know, who commit p- crimes of passion, you know, where because there was a gun in the house, someone could just pull a gun and shoot somebody. But they already do that with knives and other things. You know, but a gun might be a lot deadlier. That is true. But that might just be a cost because everything has a benefit and a cost. What what if you now you now look at this and try to break it down and say, don't take your guns out of your house. You know, because when you want to compare in the US, the different states have different laws. Some states have concealed carry, which means you can carry the gun on your body and but you have to conceal it. Some states have open carry. So they're different, you know, the the rules don't have to um be uniform across board. What people are calling you can say, okay, don't carry your rifles outside your house. Leave it inside your house. So it's only for home security. That's one example. Now there's the issue of securing it against children, and every family would have to deal with that in their own way. Or you could say if you live in a community that can afford, you know, private security like a gated estate, right? You don't you you don't need to keep a weapon in your house. Instead, the security of the estates can have keep the weapons, right? So these are things that we can look, but taking it off the table entirely and leaving us exposed, leaving Nigerians exposed to criminals and the state, 
it's just horrible. We can have an intelligent conversation about this and we can come to a compromise based off of the costs and benefits. And in many cases, we wouldn't know what those costs and benefits are until we implement them because it's never been implemented before. Well, I quite right? agree. I, 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 don't rem- I don't remember. The, I, don't, I don't remember the time when there was guns were allowed in Nigeria. I quite agree. Lifetime. I, I quite remember. agree because like you said, some of these hoodlums, some of these, uh, you know, terrorists, people who rob banks and robbers the kind of guns they have they already have these things so how do they have access to these things and you know exposing nigerians to 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 insecurity but of course it's a conversation that can be had what i just know is that maybe it's personal for me maybe it's a i don't know if i can say it's a popular opinion but a lot of people see it as very strange when you talk about all of us you know having access to a gun of course like you said we could step it down we could have a conversation and then agree to have just a few private security folks having guns to protect this many people but not just opening it up because i i know for a fact people argue around here and then when you get punched in the face you reach out for a gun i mean at the viewing center people want to people people can agree on 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 regular things it becomes a fight and then this is new to us so you need to educate these people i mean so we're talk- imagine see, see, this is just this idea of when the bar someone gets upset and pulls a gun and shoots somebody oh if it's most likely the other person has a gun you would think twice they said see it's not let's stop let's stop all this that, that, that like, this let's have this conversation some other time for real it might be an entire an entire yeah, podcast an, an, an entire episode I mean, I mean, maybe we can have an expert yes on, indeed on, on an expert that would be interesting to talk about yeah. Tom Alex has been my guest on the podcast for today he is a senior fellow at the Nigerian Libertarian Project joins us for a second time on the Freedom in Africa podcast thank you for your time thanks for having me Berger. so yes Glad indeed yes indeed we'll be back for the freedom in africa podcast this is a special episode because of the prevailing situation in the country my name is Buiga Adeoya. you can find this podcast on anchor on spotify google podcast and wherever you get your podcast from would like to hear from you please send a dm to freedom in africa fia underscore podcast we'll see you next time here on the podcast I want you to get to him.